Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Exodus 20, verses 8 and 11. When the rivers run, when shines the sun, we can clearly see the masterpiece of God. When the moonlight glows and blooms a rose, there can be no doubt it was God who made it all. When the rivers run, so many places in the Bible, in the Old and in the New Testament, that talk about the need for us to obey the Lord. In fact, really, when you're reading, even in the book of Genesis, it doesn't take you very long before you start to realize the Lord is going to lay down a few rules that he expects humans to follow, and it's very important for us to follow those rules. We also see, like, in the Ten Commandments uh, that we even kind of started this video off on was, was a, a reading of, of one of those about this Sabbath day. And that Sabbath day, also when we look at it on whenever it was originally given there within the Ten Commandments, we see that God is the one who created all of these things around us. He created the land, he created the seas, he created the heavens, and everything that's in each one of those. That kind of goes through uh, that creation week that we read in Genesis and, and there in Exodus 20, it's talked about again. And it's spoken of that God is the one who he made all of those things and then he rested but you know, part of what happened whenever he rested was that it was all very good. He created this, this ordered universe in which we live and things obey him. In fact, that's very important to understand that things do obey him. In fact, it's expected for his creation to follow him, to listen to him, to obey him. And we see in the pages of the New Testament also that since Jesus is the Lord come in the flesh and he stepped into human history, 
He also expects some obedience. And I would even say he requires obedience. That's what we need to be engaged in. So the question mark, you know, kind of comes to us at the end of this, this lesson right here, you know, obey the Lord. Well, are we going to obey the Lord? That's what we need to kind of focus on and think about as we look at this, at this story uh, and see the questions that it's, uh, that it's going to have uh, within it. And the story that I'm referring to is specifically one occasion, one miracle that Jesus did. And it's recorded in Mark chapter 4. So let's, let's turn there and let's take a look at this wonderful miracle together. In Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, this is what we read. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, this is Jesus speaking, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the winds, the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So before we get into any of these questions or kind of how we're going to be looking at this, I think it's so important that we understand what is even happening here in this passage. Because one of the main things that we get, of course, from this passage and that we need to understand and make sure that we recognize is that the Lord is able to have control over his creation. And we see that because he's able to, to tell the wind and the waves to stop, you know, to, to be at peace. And they were. They were able to obey him just by the words that he spoke. Just like that original creation, how the Lord spoke and everything came into existence. You know, each thing came into existence as the Lord spoke and those things, it happened. Well, we see the same type of thing happening right here. But this time... It's not our Heavenly Father, so to speak. It's his Lord, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, our Lord Jesus Christ. It's his Son who's come here among us. And we see that creation is listening to him. We see the importance of that. But now let's also kind of unpack some of these things and recognize from the disciples' perspective. Because as I understand it, uh, even right here now uh, around in this same area that they, that they were located, um, it wasn't unheard of, and it's still not unheard of, for just kind of a storm because the regions around it, just a very big storm to all of a sudden just come up, and it can be deadly. I mean, it can be very dangerous to uh, to us, even today, you know, it, depending on what type of boat you're in, how big of a boat you are uh, in, out on it. It can be very dangerous. So, yes, they were in real danger. It's not like, oh, okay, you know, they just kind of scraped their elbow, and they're like, oh, you know, Lord, don't you care about us? It's more than that. There really is a life and death situation going on right here, and that is important to understand. It, you know, as I understand it, that today there's also even signs that kind of warn you about parking your cars in certain areas because uh, what looks like a perfectly good parking lot, if a storm comes up, it could be completely covered in this water because it, it could just the waves could come up over into it. Uh, that's kind of an interesting thought to me, and I, I've not experienced that personally, but I've uh, I, I've read from some people who who have. And they spoke about those those signs uh, that are still kind of there, warning you uh, about where you can or cannot park because of, well, it could be dangerous if a storm comes. 
We also might be a little hard on the disciples right here because we might say, well, you know, I mean, shouldn't they know better? Because the Lord's right there with them and the Lord's going to protect them. Well, you know, that's an awful lot like how the Lord is with us, isn't he? And how the Lord will protect us. You know, we know that the Lord is with us. We know that the Lord will protect us, that the Lord will help us, uh, you know, get through things. But, you know, uh, that means that there still might be some things that we have to get through, just like the disciples right here. We give them a hard time because they were physically right there with Jesus. Well, we've got Jesus that is living within our hearts right now. So, you know, take that, I guess, with a grain of salt, if you will, or, and, and just kind of think about that as you perhaps be a little critical about these disciples right here and say, well, that, shouldn't they have realized it? Well, I mean, shouldn't we? And the answer, of course, is, well, yeah, we should, but we're still human. We still have this this struggle. We still, we see these winds. We see the, the, the waves, and it's scary, and it's difficult. And I think that sometimes we just need to uh, allow us to read these stories and recognize them as real people going through these real events. And now, one of the things that I really want us to do is, is take a look at some of the questions that are raised in this passage. And we're going to do that throughout the, the rest of um, the, our time together here. This, this first question, um, I, I think, is very important, and it's one that I think we can relate to a lot. It's a question that comes from the disciples. In verse 38, we see that Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Okay, so their question is, teacher, don't you care? Do you care about us? Now, okay, let's just kind of get this uh, out of the way because this is most likely going to be your immediate reaction just because it's mine. And the question, of course, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Of course the teacher cares. I mean, Jesus has been with them for a long time, has brought them through so much of course he cares about them. He has shown every single day of them walking around and preaching and teaching and healing people and helping people. I mean, hasn't he already proven himself that he cares about them? But when you're going through a storm, when you're going through a difficult time, like what these disciples were, a time whenever you might not know about if it's going to mean life or death to you, we still ask the question, God, do you care about us? Because if you care, why are we having to go through this? You know, we might have those questions that are connected to this one. But their question is, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Yes, God cares. God has shown that throughout the pages of the New Testament. God has also shown that to us throughout the pages of the Old Testament. I want to share with you one of the Psalms that talks about how our God cares. No matter what difficulties we might be going through, no matter what exile even we might be going through, because that's even mentioned in, in the Bible, that an exile that, that God allowed to happen to his people, he even caused it to his own people because of their lack of obedience. He caused an exile to happen. He still cared about them. He still cared what happened to them. Psalm 107. Let's take a look at that Psalm together. Verses 1 through 3. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the, from the lands. From east and west, from north and south. Let's look at some of those that he gathered. Let's jump on down now to verses 23 through 32. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. 
For he spoke and stirred up the tempest and lifted high the waves. They mounted up on the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wits' ends. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it drew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt him in the assembly of the people and praise him in the council of the elders. Now this psalm talks about how the Lord cares and you can read other descriptions here that, that, we've, that we've overlooked that talk about how much the Lord cares no matter what difficulty or danger or peril, whatever you might find yourselves in, the Lord does care. The Lord also cared about what the events of, that took place you know, last year and even up into this year as well. The Lord cares. The Lord can still be with us and still help us even when we go through difficult times. In fact, during those difficult times, it can be very important for us to hold on to that promise that the Lord will not leave us. He will not forsake us. He's always there and he cares about us. We see language right here that, of course, uh, the reason why this is, has, has been selected is because it's so similar to that same language about how Jesus calmed these winds and the waves and they obey him. Well, that's what we read about from our Lord. All of creation it should and it can obey him. He is the one who is the ultimate creator. He is the one who is the sustainer and the one who keeps just everything in order. That is our God. That is also our Lord Jesus Christ. So does he care? Yes. Yes, he does care. And he's always there in the midst helping us. Now let's look at two more questions that come from that text. Going back to Mark chapter 4, uh, we're actually going to kind of combine uh, two questions, I guess. Maybe you might even call it three questions. I'm only going to call it two questions uh, into one. So uh, one group of them, if you will, in verse 40. So this is Jesus. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I'm going to combine these into to, to one question. And I'm just going to say that he's, he's questioning, you know, why are they afraid? Uh, why do they have no faith? It, basically, I think that it comes down to he is surprised at their lack of faith. Now, you read about this several times in the Gospels. And I think if we were to be honest with ourselves and honest with uh, just kind of human nature and, uh, and everything that the Gospels tell us, I think that Jesus still perhaps feels this about us from time to time. And he's wondering, do you still have no faith? You know, where is your faith in this situation? He was asking that quite literally of the disciples. But I think sometimes we can ask ourselves, ask one another. And I think sometimes maybe even Jesus is asking it of us today. Do you still have no faith? You know, where is your faith? Let it step up. Let it rise up in difficult situations. And it will prove your character. It will prove itself right there. So that is one question. Um, about their faith. That's a question from Jesus. Okay, so that's one that we're going to be looking at. I'm, I want us to look at a kind of an Old Testament passage that I think uh, deals with that. Uh, then I also want us to see this other question, question number three in verse 41. They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So the question is, who is this? They're asking that of, of Jesus. You know, they want to know, okay, who who is this guy? Obviously, okay, he's more than just a guy. He's more than just a great teacher. 
He is the Son of God. He is God in the flesh. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Everything obeys him because he is the Lord who created them all. That is why I think this question can easily be connected with uh, the previous one. Jesus is asking, where is your faith? And they're asking the question, who is this? They're terrified. They're kind of in awe of what happened. They're just trying to figure it out and make sense of all this. Obviously, I think they know who Jesus is. But this is just one more thing that, that maybe they didn't know just how much his power exceeds into all of creation. But it's something that teaches us about our Lord. And it's something that I think can be connected to our faith in him. Because we can see that he has brought people through so many difficulties in times past. He can bring us through difficult times as well. So these questions combining together, where is your faith and who is this that's before us? To that, I want us to turn to this, this wonderful passage in the book of Job. Now, the story of Job, uh, let me tell you this before we get to uh, this passage together. We're going to be turning to, to Job 38. But the whole book of Job, it starts off with this man, Job, who is very faithful and righteous and obedient to God. And then a lot of bad things happen to him. And he starts to, you know, kind of ask these questions from God of why are these things happening uh, to me? You know, why are you allowing these things to happen to me? And he eventually, at the end of the book, um, gets, a, gets an audience with God and God starts talking to him. And I think in that conversation of how God starts talking to him, we kind of see some important things about where is his faith and who is this God that, that Job worships? All of these things are very relevant to Mark 4, and they're also very relevant to Job 38. Let's turn there and let's read the beginning part of that conversation. Job 38, verses 1 through 11. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me, if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness? When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place, when I said, this far you may come and no farther, here is where your proud waves halt. This passage is one question after another intended to teach us as humans, specifically Job, but us as humans, where our place in this is. You know, really when it comes down to it, who are we to question our God? We might have those questions, we might ask those questions, we might struggle with those questions, okay, and, and deal with those questions. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, who are we to question our God who created everything? That's why he kind of asked these, uh, these questions. You might even call them a little bit of a, a sarcastic type thing. Because, you know, he asks questions that obviously, you know, he, he knows the answer to. Like in verse 4, you know, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? You know, tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Job didn't know these things. He, he, he wasn't there. He didn't see all these things firsthand. But all of this is intended to allow a, a moment of, 
of submission from Job. To recognize God is God, Job is not. That is so important for us to understand as well. And it comes down to those, those questions from Mark 4. As to, you know, where is your faith? Your faith should be in God, not so much you, your questions that you might have about God. And I, no, your faith needs to be in God, the God who created everything, the God who is in control. And then that third question, of course, is who is this God? Well, look at this. He's the one who did all these things and so much more because it, he goes on for several more chapters. This is just the very beginning. He goes on for several more chapters explaining who he is, what he's done. So I want to look at that question just again, that question three. Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Well, Jesus, he is our Lord. He is our Savior. He is our Master. The winds, the waves, they obey him. But now I think a question comes to us. Will you obey the Lord? The land, the sea, the heavens, they obey. Everything in them obeys, basically. But will you? Will you follow Jesus? Will you obey his teachings? Listen to the voice of the Lord and let him guide you. Let his teachings guide your everyday lives. Read the Gospels. Read the New Testament. Read the Old Testament. Learn about our amazing God, the power that he has, and the plan that he has for each and every one of us. Will you obey the Lord? Please hear my cry, O God. Father, wipe my tears. From darkness far away I cry for you to bring me near. My heart is overwhelmed, my spirit is cast down. But the shelter of your wings, my Lord, leads me through this troubled ground. The shelter of your wings is a fortress for the fight against the enemy, the foe of truth and right. The shelter of your wings lifts my spirit so to sing. How I love the blessed comfort of the shelter of your wings. Your shelter sets me free from grips of sin and shame. Beneath your wings I soar, lifted high by Jesus' name. My strength is in your power, my might is not my own. It's the shelter of your wings that will carry me toward home. The shelter of your wings is a fortress for the fight against the enemy, the foe of truth and right. The shelter of your wings lifts my spirit so to sing. How I love the blessed comfort of the shelter of your wings. Your mercy and your truth that through the troubled way the heritage of hope led me high when low I lay. Your name that I so fear did to receive my trust. For 
Sticks with justice in the shelter of your wings. The shelter of your wings is a fortress for the fight against the enemy, the foe of truth and right. The shelter of your wings lifts my spirit so to sing. How I love the blessed comfort of the shelter of your wings.